from the belt to the plate. A swing and a miss. And that's the winner. That's the winner. A World Series winner for the Cardinals. Smith corks one in the right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. It's a home run. And the Cardinals have won the game by the score of three to two. And a home run by the Wizard. Go crazy. Swinging a long one into left field. Adios. Goodbye. And maybe that's the winner. A three-run homer by Clark. And the Cardinals lead by the score of 7-5, to five, and they may go to the World Series on that one, folks. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Welcome to That's the Winter Podcast. I am Ryan Jenkins, and with me as always is Josh Brown. And special guest tonight is Dan Dockage. You hear him on OutKick. You hear him on 107.5 The Fan in Indianapolis. Um, Dan, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. That's hard. You know, I'm a diehard my Cubs whole life fan. Cub fan. Yeah. You probably hated every bit of that intro. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, um, happiest days of my life as a Cub fan, other than 2016, was 84 when Ryan Sandberg was knocking balls out of the park. And we were actually at one of the games in that series. And this is a true story. Uh, went there with some buddies of mine. And as I'm walking, we had standing room only. We were against a fence in right field. And a bunch of IU fans were there. And I was playing at the time. And they were like, Doc Itch, all that stuff. Great. Well, about the fifth inning, we ran out of beer. So my brother, who is an attorney, goes, hey, go down there and sell your shoes to those guys. See what kind of money they'll give us. We need money for beer. We ran out of money. We ran out of I went down, sold my Adidas top tens to two guys for $35 and walked around the rest of the game barefoot. But 35 bucks bought you some beers in those days. So there you go, man. That was Cubs in 84 was our was our our heyday until recently. So Cardinals is, have always been a nemesis. That is fantastic. Like, are you are you did you cannot wait for like Pujols and Yachty and Wayno just to finally just retire and be gone? <laughs> Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I'm so tired of Yadier Molina. Um, <laughs> you know, all that dude does, it, it seems like anyway, and I don't, I don't follow the Cardinals every day, particularly I would if it was the Cubs, you know, if, if the Cubs were interesting or they had something going. Uh, but it seems like he just wills thing to ha- things to happen, Molina. Like he wills pitchers to be better. He wills the team at different times, particularly this time of year. And it seems like Wainwright, whenever you need him, uh, he comes up pretty big and Pujols is out of his freaking mind. I'm not going to say anything about I'll have what he's having or anything like that, <laughs> but that dude is nuts right now. Well, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. So, you know, our our uh, Twitter went kind of viral uh, last week when Max Kellerman uh, mentioned having what he's having and insinuated some use of something that gets Pujols going this year. Um, you know, you guys are in the same type of business where you, you know, you say things and you, you get people ex- to get excited about it or get mad about it. You know, you get, you get, you give your real opinion. You know, how do you feel about that? Like the first part that he said without any actual data or factual evidence, because the data tells you otherwise. But then the other part of whenever he came back and he retracted it the next day when Pujols and the Cardinals said, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, 
uh, here's the thing that's different about ESPN and, you know, CBS and all that. When you're at ESPN, man, everybody, everybody hears you, you know, like I, I, I didn't see what he did. I didn't see it in real time. And then, you know, Twitter's blowing up. And in the evening, as I was sitting there setting up my outkick show, I saw it and I clicked on it and fellas, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I said, that's it. I mean, this is where ESPN draws the line. I mean, I'll have what he's having. I mean, I, you know, I expected him to talk I, I don't, a little more egregiously, I guess. I mean, I've seen ESPN put guys on the court, Jalen Rose on the court, and that, uh, NBA Finals, and he's he's talking about guys that were killed that weren't killed or unarmed victims that weren't unarmed. I mean, I've seen ESPN. So they're drawing the line at that. I, you know, hey, I get it if I'm pool holes. Or if I'm the Cardinals, I don't want anybody on national TV saying that. I understand that. Pujols doesn't deserve that. But I'll go the other way with you guys. You know, let's not be stupid here. I mean, it's not like all of a sudden, you know, steroids are completely out of baseball. We just saw the number one guy, right? When you look at commercials, Fernando Tatis is all over these commercials, and he just got 80 games. And we saw minor leaguers, and there's a couple other major leaguers. Pujols didn't deserve it. I didn't think it was that big a deal. I understand why the Cardinals and Pool saying, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, but, man, for ESPN to draw the line at that, good for them, I guess, or bad for them. I, it seemed ridiculous to me. Yeah, I think, and Ryan and I were talking about this. Obviously, we've, we've got a pulse on Cardinals Nation. We, we know why the Cardinals fans flipped out about this. Sure. Because the sarcasm is very much insinuating that maybe he's juicing or something like that. But I can tell you, I mean, I agree with you, Dan. I don't think it was so egregious that he should be fired or something crazy like this. I don't think this was ESPN making him apologize. I, I very much think this was Albert in his representation seeing it, reaching out and saying, hey, you better get here, him to issue an apology or a lawsuit's coming because we've seen that. In 2013, Jack Clark went on the radio waves and said he knew Albert Poulos was juicing. And Albert did the same thing. He said, you, a lawsuit's coming if apology's not, not there. And it was like the next day. And so Albert just doesn't put up with this, man. And to your point, you know, steroids are very much still a part of baseball. And I think that, honestly, what you just said with Tatis getting popped with the suspension he's got is almost makes this take even worse. I mean, right. how far are we going to take a conspiracy theory here? Like, what, what it, it, Major League Baseball is going to turn an eye if Albert turns up a positive test juicing, but they didn't turn an eye with their their superstar who they've been putting on every Gatorade commercial and everything else when he hits with steroids, you know, just the, the whole take, I don't think all three of us, I think can get on the same page. It's just, it's just a bad, <laughs> you know, my, my, my thing, when you look at, again, I go back to what ES, what ESPN is when you make a throw it, it took to, I guarantee you this to uh, Max Kellerman, it was kind of a throwaway line. You know, he yeah. thought he was being cute. He thought he was being clever and I agree with what you just said. I guarantee you that here's what happened. Pujols got a hold of his agent and all that. They know how to get a hold of the, the right people at ESPN. They said, look, we don't appreciate this. We think this is crap, uh, and we're willing to go as far as we can. And I'll be honest with you. If I were, let's, let, let's take a guy like Pujols, who's never been implicated in this, or Frank Thomas, who's never been – big guys. Now, big guys, right? I mean, you know – never been implicated in any of this. And the last thing in the world they want to be for their legacy, right? To get into the hall of fame is be implicated in any of this. So I wouldn't blame pool host, nor I don't blame pool host, no, pool host, nor do I blame his people for taking this very, very, very 
seriously. I think your point is very good. I there's no way that if you know, like let's let's say I'm uh, I don't know. Uh, name a guy, some guy, just a normal guy, and you say that, okay, maybe you make fun of it, whatever. But in Pujols' case, where legacy is involved, he cannot have himself in any way, shape, or form tied to that. So I don't blame his people for getting mad. I'm just shocked at ESPN. Like, this is the line, really, uh, for you guys? The crap you've been saying for the last two years? Come on. Now, would would Dan Dockage have apologized? Uh, The money they were paying me at ESPN (laughs) at that time – let me tell you, I'd apologize today, tomorrow, the next <laughs> thing, Here's the thing that you do. Like, I got in a deal where Izzo got really mad at me, and, you know, the crowd was yelling, we hate Dockage. And they're like, well, you think we should apologize? And I said, F no. I apologize. I didn't do anything wrong. And then later in my thing, some lady got mad at me uh, on social media because I told her, you know, I'm a married man. I won't go swimming in a pool with your crazy ass. Uh, ESPN got <laughs> all upset about that too. They made me sound misogynist. They said, you need to apologize. It's not a chance in hell. Can I do anything wrong? If I thought I did something wrong, I absolutely, and I've apologized numerous times. And I'll be honest with you. If I was Kellerman, uh, I probably would have, I probably would have said, look, you know, uh, yeah, I probably would have, I'd have been shocked. I'll tell you this in, in, the position that I'm in, you get surprised at what isn't a big deal, and you get surprised at what is a big deal. Like, it made national news. Dan Wolken at USA Today killed me. This woman said that I assaulted her by saying I would not go in a pool, and it made national news. And I'm like, I didn't even mention a woman's name. Like, how does this become, you know, and I've said other things where I'm like, ah, oh, crap, this is going to be bad, right? Nothing. So it surprises you a little bit um, when certain things get blown up and certain things don't. Well, that's, I mean, that's sad. That's the world we live in. The whole cancel cultural thing. It's, it's awful. It's toxic. That's just the world we're in right now. Um, But I I think too, even when I heard the Kellerman thing, really what, what got me fired up. And and honestly, one of the first things I thought of is why is Albert Pools not getting a benefit of a doubt? He's never been connected to steroids in any shape or form at all. And right. then I think back, I actually immediately, I was telling Ryan, I thought back to 2016. I don't know if you remember, Dan, uh, David Ortiz, final season, 40 years old. He's out there hitting 315, slugging over 620. He hit 38 bombs and 127 RBIs, and nobody said anything at 40 years old. And he had been tied into the whole bio lab. His name was on the list. He, he's been tied to steroids before. Now, David Ortiz is awesome. I love David Ortiz. Most people do. He's, he's a great ambassador for Major League Baseball. But nobody said a word. I don't remember anyone saying a word or criticizing David Ortiz or, or thinking, oh, I wonder how, you know, how is he doing this at 40 years old? I don't remember that happening at all in 2016. Well, you, We're not too far removed from that. You guys, 2016 to right now is a hell of a lot different. I mean, in terms of what you just talked about, a cancel culture or anything like that, it's a hell of a lot different, man. I mean, I think it's different from three years ago. I, you know, I, again, I, I, I go back to just on a radio show saying, Hey, look, I will not, (laughs) I'm not going in the pool. And next thing you know, boom, boom, violence. I'm like, what? Huh? You know, so it's a lot different. Uh, Maybe in 16 people inferred it. And, but in this day and age, again, I go back to very simple, very simple. I guarantee you Kellerman thought it was a funny, you know, quip 
And Pulos's people said, we cannot even have people thinking this because we've seen, look, let's be honest. We've seen what's happened with Hall of Fame votes. Right. And I, I don't care what anybody said. I don't care what Albert Pulhos says, uh, A-Rod, I don't, uh, whoever else. I don't care. Everybody wants to be in the daggone Hall of Fame. And, I mean, you can say, oh, it doesn't matter to me, or I proved myself on that. Garbage. Absolute garbage. And for Pulhos, the only possible way he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer is if somehow, some way, a ridiculous allegation sticks. And I don't, like I said, I don't blame his people for getting up and getting up and getting after it. And uh, to your point, I think they absolutely forced ESPN to make Kellerman say something. Well, you know, I'll take full responsibility for all of it. I think my tweet is what made everyone see it. So I will uh, take full, you know, that's why we're here. Embedded in just about every article. Yes. New York Post, Sporting News, Outkick picked it up. That's why we're here now is because you guys, you retweeted about it as well. But let's move on to a little uh, happier part of it for Cardinals fans more than, I guess, Cubs fans. Cubs were eliminated officially today. But also, the Contreras has been tied to possibly the Cardinals free agency next year because he's a free agent. Yadier Molina will no longer be on the Cardinals. and They're good friends. And they're good friends, but the Cardinals need a catcher next year because uh, Andrew Kisner and uh, Yvonne Herrera doesn't look like they're going to be ready next year. You know, does that, what do you think about that? Do you think that, you know, knowing, you know, how much Contreras does like Chicago and the Cubs, does that make sense? Or is that something that would just really piss you off or as Cubs fans and Cubs fans in general? And were you surprised Dan to not see him traded at the trade deadline? I thought he would be. I, I just figured, you know what, they're doing their thing, right? They're doing their thing. They're rebuilding it. And you got one, I mean, let's be honest. If you look at the Cubs, you don't have two pieces that are going to get you anything. You got one. Uh, it would like it would be to me like here in Indy, we go from Manning to Andrew Luck if the St. Louis Cardinals went from Yadier Molina uh, to Contreras. I think Contreras is terrific by all accounts. He does love Chicago, but let's be honest. If you're if you're the catcher in particular, and you're out there every night, you're grinding in gear, and you know because players know. You know your team is not going to win anything. You know your team is a couple years away at best, really. Uh, I, if I'm Contreras, and I think he does by all accounts, he's a he's a studious baseball guy. Uh, you got to go, and you got to go to St. Louis, and you got to be happy that you're in St. Louis. Now, again, money talks. I get all that. We'll see what happens with that. But the fact of the matter is. Uh, it would be great for all except for the Cubs, unless, of course, the Cubs got the next Adam Wainwright out of there or whomever. Uh, but if I'm Contreras, yeah, I got to go. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, let me say something else. Cub fans, you, people can say it however they want, but Cub fans are like Purdue fans looking at Indiana. Yeah, occasionally Purdue fans get a, you know, they got the one up on Indiana, but they're always dying to be Indiana. Cup fans are dying to be the Cardinals. I'm telling you, every year you know the Cardinals are going to be in it. Every year they they're, they're solid. Every year the bullpen is great. Every year, you know the same guys are hitting. The farm system brings the next guy up, and they're always around it. I mean, it's like it takes an act of God and a six year rebuild every third year for the freaking Cubs to even make the playoffs or make a dent. But the Cardinals just do it like it's their freaking job, which, by the way, it is. <laughs> And it makes us nuts, absolutely insane. I try to nuts. tell that. To, I try to tell that to my Cubs fan friends, and I'm an IU fan as well. So Cubs Purdue people are the, <laughs> the worst. 
sir, you know, yeah. part of that. But a lot of people may not know on the stream, you know, if they're listening from St. Louis, we have I've checked, you know, we have people from all over the country. But um, you you are known for being at IU, played at IU under Bobby Knight, and then you uh, also um, coach there as well. So you're you're known for that part of it. So some people may not know that. That's why you're a celebrity in Indianapolis is because everyone knows who you are. And then you also locked up Michael Jordan, which is obviously well. I, I mean, ha- I kicked I kicked his ass. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I have a lot of memorabilia on my walls here, and maybe I should get a dockage autograph with you guarding uh, Michael Jordan. Send me your address. I got a bunch. Man, let me, <laughs> people get on me. They're like, well, you know, you're so proud of guarding Michael Jordan. I go, well, wouldn't you be? I go, yeah. No kidding. And then, they, and then they say, well, you know, he only played 25 minutes. I go, I don't give a damn if you stopped him for one minute looking like this. Are you kidding me? No, it's, uh, I beat him out of five grand in golf, which he never paid, but that's a different story, so. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So you think so? Going back to Contreras, you do think that that would be a good fit for the Cardinals, even a good fit oh, for yeah. Contreras if that happened this offseason? Oh my God, yeah. I think it'd be like I said. I think it would be like us in Indy going from Manning uh, to Luck. Uh, I do. I think you've got a great cat. Now, I don't think uh, Contreras is is on the level of Molina when Molina was, you know, in his prime. But I think he's the best guy going and. If I were the Cardinals, um, and again, I don't know their salary structure. I don't know what they're looking at. I don't know, as you said, their young guys are, are um, you know, whether they're good enough or not, whether they're ready or not. But I'm telling you, when I watch Contreras, and I watch him a lot, I, I see a couple things. One, I see a guy with command. I see a guy that commands a team. Now, again, is he Molina? No. I, again, in his prime. I see a guy that can hit the baseball. You know what I mean? Like sometimes in this modern day, some catchers can, some can't, some are defensive guys. But I see a guy that's an athlete. I I, I see a guy that – I also see a guy that's stuck. Like I think in your career – and I, it's funny, I talked to a number of guys that used to play for us in Indiana at different times about NBA careers, and they're like, you know, the key to the NBA is not getting stuck, not getting pigeonholed. You're, you're on a team – and you may be playing, but the team stinks. You're kind of in no man's land. You don't win enough. And I feel like I, I feel like Contreras is just stuck right now. It, okay, is he an all star? Yeah, but he's not gonna be. Uh, or 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 if he is, he might be the only one. Hell, he, uh, Ian Happ was an all star. The only you know Cub. So I just feel like it would be great for him get a little uh, a fresh start. Obviously, there's a need with the Cardinals. I'd hate it because, again, here goes a guy leaving the Cubs, going to a rival. But if you're talking about real for the Cardinals and real for Contreras, I think it'd be great. Yeah, I think it'd be a solid fit. I mean, obviously, the big the big difference between him and Yachty offensively, Contreras is a guy who's already hit 20 or more home runs, I believe, at least four times in his career. I'm looking here, one, two, three, four times again this year, 20 or more home runs. Yachty's only did that. Two times, right? He's definitely career. better off. Definitely an player. offensive upgrade. So yeah. I don't think Cardinals fans yeah. w- would hate that at all. And he's got a cannon of an arm. I want to kind of move to a, another side of this: the, the battery, the other end of Yachty. You talked about Adam Wainwright a little bit, and I know you talked about this last week that uh, the record that they just broke is battery mates uh, all-time MLB record. I think it's five hundred and twenty-five starts, right? Um, three three twenty five. Three twenty five. Yeah. Sorry, five twenty five would really be. That'd right. be uh, never. <laughs> <laughs> but three twenty five, Dan. I mean, what did you think when you saw that? Just the longevity of those two. Even Adam Wayne right now, who some people have kind of you know lumped him in with Albert and Yachty. He's like, hey, I, I haven't said I'm done yet. 
I didn't realize, you know, I guess I, it, it, you know how sometimes guys are so consistent and they're out there every day or every five days. And you don't really realize that Adam Wainwright's been there that long. I mean, you know, I kind of, I kind of did anyway, realize that Molina has, but I should have realized going back to watching Wainwright in the playoffs. I think I was at Bowling Green or in the early 2000s, or I'm trying to think where I was, and he was pitching a masterpiece. I was at some game somewhere. I When I saw that, and you go back and you think, man, there have been a lot of great catcher-pitcher duos over time. And you think about now, everybody seems to get hurt, right? I mean, pitchers get Tommy John, and next thing you know, they're – they're not pit. It, it is. It, it's really amazing. I don't think you guys can tell me I'm wrong, but I don't think you're going to see too many. What's the right word? Longevity records being set or broken in Major League Baseball from a pitcher standpoint. Like you know, guys' innings and and 300 wins. People say, well, you're not going to see any more 300 wins and uh, pitchers with 300 wins anymore because guys don't go that long you know, 300 strikeouts or whatever, you know, records were, you're not going to see that. So when you see one, you go, wow, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. Again, I go back to the Cardinals. Again, it hasn't always been that way. And Pulhos is an example, but it seems to me the Cardinals keep their guys. It seems to me the Cardinals for whatever the reason, uh, I guess they get hurt like everybody else, but it seems to me as a Cub fan, that they freaking play forever. And then when they don't, they bring in another guy who's just as freaking good. Or they get a guy like that freeze kid years ago that hits like five home runs in a row. And next thing you know, I want to puke everywhere. So anyway, I digress. I digress. Well, you, you brought up earlier about uh, going from Manning to luck. And then, and then one of our uh, listeners has a question. I don't know if you can see it on the screen or not. He says, Dan, did you get your Colt sad out? <laughs> Sad's Jason probably not Benetti, the word. The White Sox. <laughs> a White Sox announcer, and and he and I talked on my show one time. I go, hey Benetti, why don't you Uber to games? Like you know, you can't really drive, or and he lives downtown. He's like, hey man, if I sit there in an Uber station waiting, I'm gonna have eight million White Sox getting the sad out on me after we get <laughs> our brains beat out. So that's a thing on our show. Like, all right, it's Monday. Uh, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be screaming, yelling, ripping everybody. Colts fans call in and get the sad out. No, answering the question. No, not yet. We're not letting this go at one day of getting the sad out. That was a historically bad loss against a nonsense franchise. So we're going to get the sad out tomorrow. Again, Wednesday, I got to be at the Pacers golf outing. So we're not going to probably get it out there. But I'll tell you this, tomorrow we're going to get the sad out too. Well, yeah, you got to think a lot of our listeners are, uh, you know, either Rams fans or defunct to Kansas City fans. So Kansas City now coming to Indianapolis this week. I don't know if you're a season ticket holder, but I am, and I am not looking forward to it. But at the same time, I can also assume that the Colts could actually win that game because that's exactly what the Colts kind of do, where you get into a position of they're just terrible, and also they turn it all around, and, and they, then they could beat Kansas City. I mean, do you think that's an, uh, a possibility on, on Sunday? I think you're absolutely right. I do. I had season tickets for a long time, pandemic hit, and I didn't renew them or I didn't get I got them through a guy and I just didn't do it. Uh, yeah, look, last year they, they play up to competition. I mean, before they crapped the bet at the end of the year, I think it was Christmas Day. What did they do? They went in the car to play the Cardinals and yes. whooped up on them. They went to San Francisco early in the year. They went to Buffalo. 
I mean, made Buffalo quit. This particular group, I feel like, plays to the level of competition. And I totally agree with you. Look, I think the Chiefs are wonderful. I, I love – I think Patrick Mahomes is the Steph Curry uh, of football. And he's, he's the most fun guy to watch, the most dynamic passer that I have seen, meaning with all this kind of stuff and underneath, you know. But the Colts play well against really good teams. So I don't know, you know, I haven't really looked at the line or anything like that, but I'm not going to be surprised if this doesn't become a one-score a one game with the Colts having a real opportunity to win the game at the end. Absolutely not. I agree with you. Yeah, I think it uh, it opened up as a three-point favorite for the uh, which is Kansas City, which I think is, uh, you know, that's an easy bet, I would say, because the odds that they're probably going to win, it's going to be more than that. But I, like you said, I think the, the Colts obviously have the opportunity. If you ever want to go to a game, you know, I you can come, come with me. My wife, you know, she doesn't want to go to all the games, so you can definitely come to some. When my wife and I would go to the game, my wife got to know the Bloody Mary lady. She got to know the Bloody Mary lady. It's like she'd be like, hey, Lee, how you doing? I like going. I like going for the most part, but I got to tell you, uh, there's no, there's there's nothing quite like, at least for me. I you know I do a morning show and an afternoon show. There's nothing quite like an NFL Sunday, where man, I don't have to move my. I had a friend. He he did he. You know how people have these Fitbits on? Yeah. You know, and they always brag. I got twenty thousand steps and all this. His name is Brad Cohen. So Brad walks up to me. He goes, "Hey, you got your Fitbit?" You know, I go, "Yeah." You know, what do you try to do? I go, you know, my doctor told me to get 10,000 steps. I go, he goes, wow, that's great. He goes, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you a record you will never break. I go, what's that? He said on an NFL Sunday, and his wife was right there. He said on an NFL Sunday, I walked only 89 steps the entire day. The entire day, 89. And that's what I'm trying to break. Every Sunday, <laughs> I'm trying to break that record, least amount of steps ever. Absolutely. I mean, I, I like sitting on the couch and watching games, especially during baseball season when it's important for us Cardinals fans, which you may not be as used to as it gets towards the end of the season. Josh, yeah, you have any, you have any... <laughs> No, yeah, I, I need to get in the NFL more. I just, yeah. I've adopted the Colts. Yeah, I, I went to school in Tennessee. So obviously the Peyton Manning thing, you know, that was the craze. It didn't matter what team he was going to play for. Everyone's a Peyton Manning fan around Tennessee. It's just how it is. It's the same way when he went to Denver, but uh, man, I mean, I hope I hope they can get together. It, it, it seemed like this weekend was really rough with with everybody. You know, I heard JMV earlier. I usually listen to him on the way home from work, and I think he had somebody call in complaining about Matt Ryan. He's like, "Look, this isn't all on Matt Ryan. You can't put it all on him." They got to sign wide receivers in the off season. That would be helpful. That see, that's the one thing I will say this, and you guys know again, you know better than I, but I've always felt like this. I've always felt like the Cardinals. For whatever the reason, this is speaking as a Cub fan, are never short on guys. Now somebody may get hurt, but I feel like they're never there's never a massive rebuild right. where you know they're playing with Patrick Wisdom at third and you know I I don't know some thirty year old rookie in in right and Frank Schwindel who's a thirty two you know I I just feel like um, and you mentioned in in terms of the Colts you know you got to sign wide receivers well that's being short. Right. You know, the one thing, one thing I learned, uh, there are a lot of things I learned from Bob Knight and, and, and the other coaches that I worked with. Uh, and one thing that I always learned is you can be, you can be short on a lot of things like maybe, but don't be short on talented guys. Like you can be short, a little short on discipline. You got to shore that up. You can be a little short on ball, blah, 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 whatever. 
but don't be short on talent. And I've always felt like, as a Cub fan, for whatever the freaking reason, the freaking Cardinals have never been short on talent. They never go through these rebuilds. It's exhausting. I hate it. <laughs> we want, we aspire. And the Colts right now seem to be short on players, whether it's linemen, whether it's, you know, I don't know. Uh, seemed like a, everything a the other day. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll get you out of here on, on this. And by the way, you know, we would love to have Benetti on as well. I've sent him a message on Twitter. He never gets back. You should tell him to check his uh, his messages. Love to have Benetti I on. Will. I lo- love I listening to him on your show. I think he's hilarious. Uh, definitely would love to have him on. Or Boo Shambi as well. I like when he's on your show too. Um, but – you know, talk a little bit about IU then. People probably don't care much about that, but I do. Are they going to be any good this year? Tell me they're going to be good. Are like really good? You know, Colts people said they were going to be good, and we're seeing that now. But is IU for real this year or basketball? Yes, not football. Absolutely not. Football. Well, the road, the road to the college football playoffs goes through Bloomington. I mean, we're three and zero by the way, <laughs> and we're going to go to Cincinnati. And, uh, I think Indiana's going to be really good. I think Indiana basketball is uh, – I said this back after the whole – kind of by, by May where the whole thing, you know, it all settled in, the transfer, who's not transferring. I told people, I go, look, Indiana's going to be the favorite in the Big Ten, and they are. They have the right guys back, and they've added guys that I think are pretty good, really good actually. Now, there's a couple of things that, that have to happen. One, they got to stay healthy. They can't lose guys. And, but I, I think they kept the right guys. I think the Big Ten lost a lot. I think they're going to win the Big Ten. I think they'll get a good seed. The run in the tournament, you know, I I don't know. But I I do think that they have size. They can shoot the basketball. They've got a ton of experience. They'll be one of the older teams uh, in college basketball. And they're old not because they transferred in. They're old because a lot of these guys stayed there. And I think that's very, very big. I do. I think they're going to be terrific. Oh man, I hope so. I'm. That's what we're. Oh, Brandon Godden was on our show. If you know Brandon, uh, went to Butler's on radio, and yeah. he said he said you know the same thing. It looks like they're actually going to be good this year. So, fingers crossed. And we really appreciate you coming on. I know you gave us thirty minutes. We really, really appreciate it. Um, you know, we have a lot of people listening right now and watching, and it's uh, available on podcast later tomorrow as well. Um, and so we really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks a ton, Dan. Yeah. I saw this. I saw Andrea said, and don't get caught smoking. Yeah, they don't need to get caught. See, here's the deal with Indiana. You went to, you went to Indiana, right? I did not. My wife did, but I grew up in southern Indiana, so it, everyone's a Hoosier. And all those Purdue fans, I like to tell them they're Hoosiers as well. They can never get away from it. But All right. Here's the deal. Indiana, we always said this, which you got to get through Halloween. Yeah. Because Halloween has become a crazy-ass thing on campus few years ago, one of their players got banged up pretty good. You got to get through Halloween. I always say this on my show. I'm not making any Indiana basketball game-by-game predictions until (laughs) they get through Halloween. And nobody's in jail. Nobody's been kicked off. Halloween, baby. I'll I'll have it like November 1st. I'll have my predictions. I think they're going to be very good. All right, Dan. We really appreciate your time. Uh, Look forward to listening to your show tomorrow and getting some more sat out with the Colts. Got to get it out, man. Yep. Thanks, right. guys. Thank See you. you. Later. Thanks, Dan. See ya. All right, that was Dan Dockage, uh, 107.5 ESPN in Indianapolis. That was fantastic. And he's also on Outkick every morning. He has a show there. Um, and also he is um, former IU great. Um, I can't think of everything else he does, but he, he's 
known for a lot of stuff, and he is hilarious, and he likes to get, like we talked about with Max Kellerman, he likes to get... Um, He's unapologetic as well. Un- unapologetic. Don't at me. Yeah, don't at me. Sack up is what he says a lot in the show. I mean, he's... He's a, a guy that whatever he feels, he's going to say it, and he doesn't really care how you feel about it. But um, we can go with some breaking news of sort this evening. Um, the transaction report, I haven't seen on Twitter anywhere that's been sent by, except for us at the moment, but um, you can look it up if you want. But according mm-hmm. to the transaction report on MLB's app, that the St. Louis Cardinals have optioned Nolan Gorman down to Memphis and have recalled Juan Yepes to the big club. Um, to me, that was, it was kind of shocking because I just don't think that he... Katie Wu just sent that out. She did? so look, uh, 17 she, minutes ago. She, she confirmed it for us. And everyone was saying it's a joke. We don't know what we're talking about. But we had it first. I like to be that way sometimes. Like, you know, Max Kellerman's giving me some new energy. Like, hey, we're going to... scouring the transaction we're gonna reports. news here, all right? I love We're going to have everything. But, um, you know, I, I was kind of shocked at first. And then I really thought, you know what? The outfielders have been abysmal. Yeah. And this is an outfielder move. Now, he's not a good outfielder, but what? He he's can not play, any worse than Corey Dickerson. He can play in the outfield. That's where I – because, uh, you know, obviously O'Neal is down. Maybe that injury is going to be worse than they thought. Maybe he's going to be more time on the IL than we think. Well, there's not enough, There's not a whole lot of runway left right. to get him back from – even if it's a very minor-grade hamstring, you know. It, right. So I that's mean, my thought is maybe that's bad. But also, Corey Dickerson, has, has, he has done great. cooled off a lot this last off. week. Um, Newt has cooled off. Carlson has not been. He just got back. Got, just got back. Uh, ideally, uh, Deluzio is not hitting. No. He's, you know what I mean? Like so, there's no option. So this move isn't really about Gorman as it is Juan Yepes, and he plays outfield. And you can't move. Everyone keeps saying, "What about Paul DeYoung?" You can't move Paul DeYoung because he has no more options left. He has options left, but he has no more time served yeah. left that they would have to then clear waivers and that sort of thing. People don't understand that fully, but that's why he's not moved, and it's Gorman instead. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, it makes sense for just like you said. And look, I was at the game Thursday. I was at the game Ugh, Sunday. I think saw I think I saw runs. probably the worst offensive games of the season. Both of yeah. those, uh, what five hits total and two yeah. runs total. Um, but but Dickerson, I believe he he was playing the outfield for sure Sunday. Uh, I think he did Thursday as well. Man, his first step on routes when the balls hit to him is awful. It's so bad. It is the and routes he, he takes. He's, he's a Gold Glover. Yeah, I don't get, and I don't know if maybe it's just been you know not. You hate to give excuses, but it could be you know not playing as much out there this year. Um, but man, he takes some rough routes to the ball, and I know I know Yepes has too when we saw him out there, but I don't think it could be much worse than that. Newt Bar's cooled off offensively. I think, I think you'll see Newt Bar run out there every day still though because. He had a drop fly ball a few nights ago that was pretty bad. It led to some runs um, last week against with Jordan Montgomery on the on the mound. But for the most part, he's been pretty good out there defensively. Cannon of an arm. Absolutely. I don't know why people are still running on him. He had yes. another great one yesterday in, in center field. So he's going to be out there in right field or center field every day. Right. New bar, I think, with Carlson back now. Um, I think the only reason maybe he wasn't out there yesterday is because it was a righty on the mound. He hasn't been hitting as well left-handed, and he had just played the day before in the doubleheader. So maybe just maybe they were giving him a little time. But I think we'll see Carlson out there more. I mean, it would not surprise me if tomorrow we see or tomorrow's a righty with Clevenger, but especially against those lefties, would not surprise me if we see Yepes left field, Carlson center, New Bar and right. And it's gonna for be most weird. of this week. It's gonna be weird to say this, um, but the Cardinals really miss Harrison Bader. Now Harrison coming Bader, back soon. Harrison Bader was not a great hitter and he had flashes of it but they missed the stability of 
your everyday center fielder. Now, yeah. what they got in return is awesome, was perfect, is exactly what the St. Louis Cardinals needed at the break, What exactly what they needed at the trade deadline. It was perfect move. But is it going to work out long term? Well, yeah, but you know, he's still in the, they're, they're still swapping salary arbitration level, right? It's arbitration yeah. one year left of each. You know, yeah, like they had, but well, they had bought him out for next year. Okay, yeah. So, so now the Yankees have that, but yeah, right. You know what I mean? So like, it still had those options yeah. at the same level. So if they if they feel that badly about it, they go get him again after next year if they really yeah. want to fill a hole. Uh, you're just missing the stability of who's going to play center, and that was nice. I always personally, I'm always more of a. Uh, purist of baseball and like I want to know everyone plays the same position every game and you know exactly instead of all these matchups moving back and forth analytic parts it's more like this is your guy playing center this is your left field this is your right field everyone's in the same spot so the Cardinals are kind of missing that right now to be able to run out an everyday lineup um, that's why Juan Yepes is up now Juan Yepes has also been doing great in the minors which he has done since he's uh, came back from inter- injury. And people thought he was coming up then. We were one of them. Brad Thompson had even alluded to it. Dan McLaughlin even alluded to it. They that called they, up Deluzio instead. They called up Deluzio, which he was a spark, and he was the winning run on some on some plays uh, in some games because of his speed. So it was, it was the right move, definitely, um, to be able to bring up Deluzio. But now the move is made for Yepes because they need someone else that plays outfield. And I think he's going to get a run immediately tomorrow. I think that I don't I don't see why you make that move and he doesn't immediately go into the game. Yeah, unless you want to give Pearson one more start, Clevenger's a righty. But but I still I still just like you said I don't know why they would call him up if they're not going to throw him back in there right away. And I think it's a testament to Yepes. I mean, look, the guy he had a, he had an arm injury from throwing, so he, he wasn't he was hitting. I mean, he wasn't hitting great at the time, but he wasn't hitting bad. For him to go down as long as he's been back down and not sulk and just get right back to work. Right, I think that speaks to some maturity. Now he's a little bit older than Nolan Gorman; he's already twenty-four. But I think that's a good thing to see. Well, you know, Paul DeYoung kind of did the same when you talk about maturity. There, like he did yeah, for a long he went, time. He went back and, and did work. So then the question comes back around to where we talk a lot in the off season of last year is where is Jeff Albert in these struggling young hitters? When you saw today those comments we were talking about that Albert oh, had yes, on I analytics. Forgot about that. So uh, Albert being Albert Pujols. Said today, or we saw an interview and transcripted. I don't, I don't know where the interview. I'm not sure where was. exactly it came from. The transcript said pretty much that Albert's not a big fan of the analytics. He's, as he's semi quote, to paraphrase, I'm blessed to play baseball and use this body, and that's what tells me how to hit. <laughs> is yeah, pretty yeah. much is what he said. Um, it's, it was pretty much a Q and A. I've got it right here if you want to read it real sure, quick. Go so. ahead. Uh, you got asked about the biggest change since your rookie season. What do you like the most? What do you like the least? The biggest change I've seen, says says Pools, uh, is the analytics stuff. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's some good things to learn to learn there. I just think it becomes a problem when you take those gifts and talent and wisdom from human beings and trying to rely on computers and numbers. I don't think the computer can tell you how to be mentally strong and tough. And then later he talks about a little bit more about it, and the end quote here, and this is maybe where it ties more to Jeff Albert. Uh, maybe I need to sit down with one of these analytics people and let them explain it to me to make me think different than I think, and show me the way that they see it. But right now, I'm telling you, the way that they present it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and so I that am last sentence, it. the way they present it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, who I'm just curious who, who's who's they because because Jeff Albert Jeff is his Albert. hitting coach this Absolutely. year, and he's the one I that's presenting these analytics. I think and look, and you can see shots of Albert Pools in the dugout 
all the time after a big hit. He's always talking to Jeff Albert. He seems like they're pretty good friends. I'm sure they've got a history with as long as Jeff Albert's been in the organization. So I don't think it was necessarily Albert trying to take a knock, yeah. you know, at Jeff Albert, Pujols that is. But, I mean, that right there tells you, I mean, Albert's not paying too much attention to it. And I've said this different times this year, and I said it in the in the offseason as well. I don't think Jeff Albert is a bad analytics hitting coach. I think they they have established a system with inside the entire organization and this is how we're going to bat. We're going to barrel balls. We're going to hit them hard. That's like the the analytical part of it. But there needs to be a guy that is a hitting coach that comes in and says, "This is what you're doing wrong. This is what I'm seeing and this is how we need to change it." And that's not analytical. No. That is a hitting coach. That like you make you can make Jeff Albert the the hitting analytical czar of the entire organization. He needs to be locked away in a room somewhere about analytics. And someone, Matt Holiday, Jim Edmonds, Albert Pujols next year, needs to be the hitting coach. Take that data from him, figure yes. out how to present it in a good way. But the problem is no one gets, once there's a slump, we don't see guys get out of it. Right? We don't see these young guys get back on track. No. Someone needs to be there going and, and helping them getting on back on track of and figuring that out. And the data doesn't isn't proving that. No. Whenever the guys go back down to the minors, what happens? Now they're figuring it back out. That's the most concerning thing to me. Now if, if well, it, it happens it doesn't again, make sense because they keep saying that Jeff Albert is the one who's implemented the sure. entire minor league but there's a hitting there's, philosophy. I don't know who the minor league hitting coach is, but I assume there's also real life brain yeah, looking yeah. at you and going you're doing this and that. We need to change. Well, we saw it when Gorman first Absolutely. came up. You know, Jim Edmonds pointed it out. Brad Thompson pointed yeah. out the leg kick. Right. And Gorman got rid of his big leg kick, and he was having a lot of success early on. And I, I don't. I haven't paid as much attention. He hasn't been getting as many starts right. lately because of Albert, but uh, Pools that is. But, um, but it's just like you said. I mean, Gorman struggled, couldn't get out of it. Right. Yepes struggled there for a while, couldn't get out of it, and then he had the arm injury. So why, like, you know, I don't like to harp on this, but why does Paul DeYoung go down to Memphis and then hit, Pretty I don't well. know, what, 20 bombs, I think, though? He wasn't great still but in he, the other numbers, but he was hitting for power yes. again. Then he comes back up and has that hotness for a week, for a week, and then falls off again. What is that? Is that he's just, a, uh, I, like some people say, a uh, 4A player? He's not good. He's not AAA. He's too good for AAA, and he's not good enough for MLB. He's a 4A player. No. Is he that, or is it that he doesn't get that whatever's happening in Memphis continued down? Yepes struggled, went down, crushing the ball. Gorman killed it up in, in killed it in in the minors. Comes up, kills it for a while, and then he's also striking out now. But he's he was doing that in the minors as well. I don't think Gorman. I don't. I think Gorman is a casualty of this, not because of his poor performance. And I don't think a lot of people understand that and why. But like Gorman's at twenty nine home runs collectively, batting eight hundred plus OPS between the two leagues. Right. Like that's who he is, and that's what he's going to do. But he's still going to bat two thirty to two forty five and strike out thirty percent of the time. Yeah. And they all know that. And if you look at Facebook and you you know it's just a a tough place to look, but like when you, when you look at Facebook and then people just like, he strikes out all the time. Like, yes, but that's anticipated. That's expected. Yeah. That's who he is. He took zero at bats for five days last week. Yeah. That's that tough. is, that's tough for a young guy. Like when Brendan Donovan first got called up, he was getting just a little here and there and he was terrible, right? He didn't yeah. get any hits. Well, that's because he didn't get any repetition. Albert Pujols, 
when the season, he wasn't getting a lot of reps and he wasn't very good. Baseball is about repetition and getting on the field and be able to, you know, that's what happens when you're too deep sometimes. Yeah. You don't get enough going around. But I don't think this is about Nolan Gorman as it is about Juan Yepes and the struggling outfielders where they're just trying to find someone to add some pop because, as you just said, in the two games you went to over the weekend, nobody's it, doing it. It's, no, it's not happening. I mean, Goldie's not doing it. And uh, Arenado is showing some flashes again. Hopefully, we're back on track. But. Man, it, it's it's been a rough. So part of the bullet point is going transitioning from that to are we worried about the offense? My question to you and has been for the last couple of weeks, did they peak too soon or are we just not getting back on track? Like, is it a peaking issue or this team is so much better than it is? It's not about peak. It's about struggling at the moment. I think this week's going to be very telling. Yeah. If they're really just playing down to the competition, then logic would tell you this week that they should play up to the competition. And so am I worried about the offense right now? Like, yeah, I mean, it's been over two weeks now. Well, it goes back to at Cincinnati. When the 13 game that nobody wanted to win. And Goldie was um, struggled, started struggling. Yeah. And in Cincinnati, that's been three weeks now, I do believe. Yeah, into August. Yeah, so that's where my concern lies is is Goldie. Are, you know, are you worried that Goldie doesn't win MVP? Like, is that a possibility now? I saw one that shows Goldie Arenado now won two in in uh, in, vote, in vote possibilities. That's bad, I think, for the both of them as well. If oh yeah, one two as well. Yeah, you'll see a you'll see a um, Tim Lincecum win in the Cy Young in 2010 or whenever that was, and right. Carpenter and Wainwright split votes when Wainwright right. or Carpenter should have won it. And obviously MV3 when there were three guys in the top yeah. five. I, I hope. I mean, if I were voting today, I would probably have Goldschmidt, Arenado, and then. Probably Mookie Betts third is probably where I would be. I mean, you could argue Freddie Freeman, but he doesn't have the power numbers. Right, his, um, his average is the highest. Average is great. He's, he leads the majors in hits. But man, I I think I think Goldie should still win MVP because he's so far ahead in so many of the other big categories like OPS and slugging and on base and all the big ones aside right. from home runs and RBIs, which he's still he's still got a lot of and, those and too. He's, he's not in in the lead on, on he's average. He's not. Freeman's he's taking not him the over now. Average. average. He's not a leader in home runs. He's not a leader. Yeah. leader which in we I don't RBI. think I don't think I mean even when we were talking about triple crown, you and I both said he, home runs is going to be the hardest thing sure. for him. But to now win. he's in, now he's not num- leading in any of the categories. No, no he's like not. that's how far far it's come down. Is now I think RBI he was still there as of yesterday, but then Pete Alonso just hit a three run bomb against against the uh, Brewers here tonight. So I think he took that back over. So yeah, it's it's concerning the MVP, the Triple Crown, the the three weeks of of Goldschmidt. How this team goes, it needs one really good hitter to get things moving. Yeah, in April. It was Nolan Arenado. He was the you know, player of the month. Yep. And then May was Goldie. Goldie, right? And then that June, July was Goldie. As long as one of those two were going, the team was winning. Yeah. And when they both got together and got on for the first time ever as Cardinals, when they yeah. both after the All Star break, when they both were mashing together, yeah, mid July to the yes. August, mid August in August was incredible. That was when this team was at its best. Is when both of those guys were hitting, and then you had the other guys able to. You know, you know, but you can't put back Tommy Edmond what he did early on in the season that really carried whenever Arnado went cold for his shirt short time. And speaking of Tommy Edmond, oh, yeah, look at this it's, uh, uh, shirt yeah. came in. Let me Tommy too back. It's it's reversed too, but you know it he's is. he doesn't know how to That's use okay. the, the mirrored I camera. Don't. But yeah, Tommy Tubag shirt 
Um, turn my camera off. Yeah, uh, well, Tom, <laughs> Tommy Two Bag Shirt from Breaking Tea. Be sure to use our link that's in uh, on Spotify, uh, Facebook, all the links. It's in our link tree on Twitter. Like I have is oh, I meant to ask Dockage. Dockage has a charity, by the way, uh, Cycles in the City for Indianapolis. Uh, I'm gonna get that link and put it in our link tweet tree as well. If we get one bike um, donated, that's I think that we I feel like we did something. So cycle docket cycles for the city. I'm gonna put that charity link in our link tree as well. But back to the links part. So the Tommy two bags, you had it right. Flip it again. You had it right. Well, did I have yeah, it? You had it for. Let's go back. There one, we go. One flip. There it is. Now show it. There it is. Tommy two bag shirt. Get it at Breaking Tea. Um, the link is in our link tree. You have to use our link, so we get credit for that. Um, you Tommy breakingt.com slash that's a winter pot. That's what it is. So yeah, so check that out. Um, it has Cardinal stuff. It has Colt stuff. It has um whoever your Kansas City Chiefs. It has Mizzou. Yeah. IU, college sports. College teams, sports. Yeah. It has everything on there. You just have to originate from our link, and we get all the credit for uh for that to get be able to get there. Um, breaking tea. The shirts are their concept is wear the moment. So yep. whatever's happening right now, like grind the pepper, grind the pepper shirt is out there and it's awesome. Um, all those types of whatever your team is doing and maybe inside jokes that only you and your, the fans of that yeah. know, those are the types of shirts that they're making. Uh, be able to sure, be sure to check out breaking slash. That's a winter pod links. Also all of our links on our different places, wherever you're giving out some great advertising copy. Hey, you know, for this. you you know, we have, you know, and we appreciate breaking oh, tea. Yeah. We appreciate uh, SGG Media. Uh, we haven't really done anything for that one, but they gave us money. <laughs> and we also they'll probably start sending us stuff when the playoffs come. Uh, yeah, and then uh, also um, Anchor. You know, we're making money from yep. three of those locations, and we appreciate it. And because everyone listens uh, on here, on our on Spotify and Apple and everywhere else you find podcasts, it's able to give us the opportunity, the ability to be able to have uh, more and more stuff and and better content and better looking content. Yeah. So we appreciate that. Yep. And uh, yeah, uh, again, with the offense going to the two games I went to this week. Yes. I'm not, I'm uh, I'm pretty concerned. You weren't in the, NL- you didn't go to the 2019 L- NLCS, right? No. Okay. Those were the two worst games that I ever been to. Now I did go to worst, game by worst. I mean, uh, worst hitting. Oh yeah. I've ever seen in a, in a game. I did go to game four, which I believe was at Bush. And that was the one Wainwright started of what of of what of of against the Braves. Sorry, in the in the first round. Okay. So uh, that game we lost, I believe, one or two to zero. Yeah. Wayno went eight innings. I think he gave up one run. The offense had like three or four hits. Nothing to show for it. Carlos Martinez came in in the ninth, gave up another run. And then we lost two to zero. Like I would like to pull up like, you know, our the the batting order from then. Like that team is. Oh yeah is just a terrible batting order. Like, the lineup is so bad. And to think that this team currently, as currently built, should not even be close to having any numbers like that, and that's what I don't understand. It all leads me back to freaking Jeff Albert. I don't understand how this team can go into those types of slumps as a whole. Yeah. I just don't get it. Like, when you have... have Tommy Edmond at the top where he should be whenever he's playing well, right? Or, uh, you know, if he's on a versus a, uh, a lefty, he yeah. should definitely be at the top. He's a five-plus war guy this year. Then you have Brendan Donovan, I think, is probably should, who, who should probably be batting second right now. And, at least lead off for second. Yeah. I mean, his OBP is still 400 almost. Right, so. or large, depending on where the whatever the matchup yeah. is. But you have those two guys, and then you have Goldie Arenado, and then you have Albert, who's mashing the ball. I don't understand... 
how this team is struggling like it is currently and how you can even rival terrible experiences like the 2019 uh, lineup. The, the 2019 team just overachieved massively for what they were in the bat in that lineup. This yeah. team... You well, want to hear the lineup from game yeah, one of the yeah, NLCS um, that we lost two to zero to it, the Nationals? Yeah, I was there. I I don't. Which which is that the Scherzer game? I assume, <laughs> and then Anibal Sanchez with the next one, or uh, yeah, game one had to have been Scherzer. Okay. I'm sure. Um, batting leadoff playing center field was Dexter Fowler. Then you had Colton Wong batting second, Goldschmidt, Ozuna, Molina was batting fifth. That was the that yacht. Tell you. That was the Yachty batting fifth days. We'll that should about tell that. you where that lineup is: is Yachty or Molina batting fifth in the NLCS? Yeah, Matt Carpenter was at third base batting sixth, <laughs> not hitting well that year. Tommy Evan was in right field batting seventh. Yeah, Paul DeYoung was at shortstop batting eighth. Miles Michael started game one of the NLCS. So why do you think Paul DeYoung was batting eighth? Because he was still the Paul DeYoung he is right now. Yes, that lineup is garbage. Yeah, and they made it to and they made it because of pitching mostly, I guess. Like I mean, Ozuna didn't do much that year. Matt Carpenter had sensational runs, but that wasn't the year for a sensational yeah. run either. Like, how did that team make the NLCS? How did it happen? And then you're comparing the worst, my worst, batting scene in person. Oh, I thought we were getting no hit two times. Like, I thought we were getting yeah. no hit in two straight games, and I was... In Scherzer, you could understand. You could understand. You could, but I, I want to see... Not Anibal Sanchez. But I want to see, see scratching runs. I want to see yeah. bunting, moving the ball over. When you know you're going against a guy like that, like, you got to do whatever you got to do to get on base and move guys over. There was... You know who had the only hits in... I don't know if it's both games or one game, but you, you know who the only guy to get a hit? Who? Jose Martinez. Then they traded. Oh, yeah. Then they traded him in the offseason. The only guy to get a hit in the NLCS for the Cardinals at home was Jose Martinez, and they traded yep. him that year. I was like, hold on. With Randy Rosarena, who yes would be kind of nice to have right now. Right. Honestly. Yes. Depth. I mean, Adoles Garcia too. But yeah. Yeah. Yes. Guys that are look. I know those guys aren't like tearing it up this year, and you know, uh, Rosarena fell back down to earth. Adolis Garcia is going to hit thirty home runs I again. He, I think he already has. I He's going to hit thirty He's home close. runs again. Randy Rosarena's around a twenty twenty season. Yeah, but you know what these guys are doing that O'Neill and Carlson and Bader aren't doing every single They're day. They're on the field. Yeah, they're on the field every single day. There's something to be said for that. And let's be honest here. They traded Randy Rosarena because he t- he took a, a non flattering video of Mike. Schilt Absolutely. You know, maybe that's why Schilt actually got fired. Is because you forced us, you forced us to this is this is your fault. you forced us to get a, rid of a Rosarena. Now all we ever hear about is a Rosarena, and our philosophical differences is that trade, <laughs> and we have to get rid of you now for that. Oh man, maybe that's where it all stemmed from. Yeah, I'm worried about the offense. I'm a little worried about the rotation. I'll be honest with you. Yes, I it, think it uh, hasn't been good. Dakota Hudson has the best start in the last two weeks. And Quintana, Quintana, Quintana. threw eight the other day. Him You're and right. him and Dakota were fantastic Dakota in that was, doubleheader. I, I think Dakota's really good. That's the best he's looked all year. I think that's who Dak is. I think that's really who he is. I don't know if he's that good, but I, I'm talking about even in terms of the pace. He was finally working quicker. Well, the pitch clock's coming next year. Well, and he had to, he had to deal with it these last in, few weeks in the AAA. And so maybe that he pitched very well in AAA. Yeah, I think. We still look at Dakota Hudson as he's he's coming off of injury. Yeah, and he's coming off Tommy John's first year. I mean, Wayno had a ERA near four his whole first full season back from Tommy. No, John. I'm not saying go sign him to an extension by any means, but I'm no. saying like give the guy a chance, give the guy some time. And I told you two weeks ago when he got sent down, he's 
he's going to start another game. People are like, no, oh, yeah. he's well, not starting oh, again. So, he's, by the way, Katie said in her tweet earlier on Yepes and Gorman that the Cardinals are carrying a taxi squad to San Diego, and Hudson is going to stay on that. So yeah, he's he, was, he be, was sent down yesterday, technically, I think. Yeah, so he'll be on the taxi squad. And that's my point is they were putting him in Memphis to stay on schedule, to pitch every fifth day, so whenever the doubleheader came around that he was up. And people didn't like to hear that. People didn't understand that. But that's why he's Who there. else were you going to bring? Went, I mean, BK and BK had talked about for three weeks that it's time for Woodford. And that this was going to be Dax, I think, a month ago. This was his final start yeah. in the major league. I mean, I could see the argument for giving Woodford a chance to start. I mean, look, he came in yesterday. Dakota has a contract. Yes. That, yeah. He was always getting that start. They're going to live and die right now with what they know is next year. Yeah. Woodford is not in the plans for next year or the next year or the next year as a starter. No. He's, a long, Hudson, he's a long man. Yeah, Dakota Hudson is the is the plan they either need to figure out or cut loose. Yeah, and that's you what better hope. Right, that's what they have to do. Is you and, better hope and, he and can be your four that. or five. Absolutely, that's why he's getting the starts, and that's why they put him back to Memphis to get on schedule and yeah. to pitch in the doubleheader, and he looked great. So. Should Dax start again? Maybe so. Maybe he needs an, another yeah. look this year. He looked that good that I'm like, uh, I don't know where you. I mean, I don't know where you put him right now. Yeah, it, I don't. I don't, I, guy, I don't I think, think there's a lot of off days left. Yeah, there are, there are several yeah. more so off days. So that messes up um, even rotation even more. I don't think we have any more double headers. I think there's. But, I think that's it. I think next Monday's an off day, and then Thursday I think is an off day again. I could see him getting another start if they want to give Wayno or Michaelis a skip start. And maybe give them so a break, you know. Yeah. Especially now, hearing that Wayne was going through dead arm. Oh yeah, we didn't. We haven't talked about. I that, mean, I, don't I, think, right? I could see why they might. You know, he, he Wayne pitches tomorrow, so I think that's a big test for him tomorrow. See how he's feeling. See how he comes out of that. Uh, Montgomery was fly. I mean, he gave up one run the other day, through five innings, struck out ten. Mm-hmm. Nine or ten was doing great. And gave up two run bomb. But the offense, it happens. The offense didn't do anything. Offense either. didn't do anything, so it didn't matter. But I was going to say to Jake Woodford's point, that guy's come up and just thrown up zeros. To yes. his credit, he came in yesterday, inning and two thirds, looked great. Again, striking people I'll out. Go back to Kyle McClellan. That's who yeah. he is. That's his role, and that could be an important role. Absolutely. So if if you need him as a long man in that with Palante as your other long man, that's totally fine. Happy birthday, Palante. Oh, is he? How old is he now? Oh, wow. He's got to be young. He's twenty four, uh, twenty five, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um. Yeah, I, I'm a little worried about the rotation. And I, I honestly, I, I, and I mentioned this last week, and I, I'm standing by it. I think you've got to seriously consider, especially based on the matchup. So, like we were talking earlier, let's say it's the Phillies that we play. Twenty fourth birthday. Okay, twenty fourth. Uh, Andre Plot. Happy twenty fourth birthday, Andre. Um, I'm sure he's listening right now. Yes. I think you've got to seriously start considering, especially based on the matchup. Let's say we play the Phillies first round. A lot of lot of big which, left-handed power which it hitters is currently lined up to be so. Yes. Currently. Yeah. If it ended today, yes. we would be playing the Phillies because they're on a four-game losing streak, and the Padres are on a three-game winning streak, so they're ahead of them right now. Um, I think in that scenario, I don't, I don't think I would pitch Miles Michaelis in that scenario, even at home. And I know his numbers have been good at home, but we're talking about this is like three or four starts in a row now. He's not gone deep. He's been very hittable. A lot of home runs up. In the zone. Up in the zone a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I legitimately, at this point, I would go Wainwright number one because he's your guy. I, I mean, you've got to ride with Wainwright because he's think, done it the whole year. And he's he's still grinded through a dead arm and yes. still been effective. Right. So you go him game one. I think you go Montgomery game two. I would go Jose Quintana for game three right now so in a wild card I think round. I brought this up last episode. My question is money and contract. Yeah. You're, you're, 
I think I I think the question I asked was has uh, Michaelis earned that start in the playoffs because of his season this year? Maybe. And also he has the contract that he's your guy next year. Yeah. Quintana is not. Maybe. Maybe not. Right. Yeah. He's he's Quintana no, is a rental. I don't see him back next year. Not not Quintana. And I and I because you have Mats and, and Montgomery now. You're not going to have three lefties in the rotation. Well, they just drafted 17 more lefties as well. They did, but, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's where that's kind of my thought on it. I don't, yeah. I don't disagree. I don't think there's a wrong answer of with the order. I don't. I don't think there's a wrong answer of who gets the starts. But I just think if I'm thinking business wise, Cardinals wise, what they're thinking and saying, yeah. I think that Michaelis is going to get an, he did care. an I mean, to Michaelis's credit. He carried you the first half. Yeah, he absolutely did. So most innings he's he's most innings he's pitched in what two or three years, right? I mean, and because Matt's was hurt and Flaherty was hurt, and yeah. um, and uh, I think uh, he really stepped Wainwright, it up. Wainwright, Wainwright, Miles, Michaelis, and Dakota Hudson were the only ones to pitch. I can't remember the number. Were the ones that pitched a certain level? No one else. Those were the three highest right. of innings pitched. And so those were the guys that really were coming out every five days and not being injured. 187.1, 187 and a third innings pitched this year for Michaelis, which I'm, I believe is second in, if not baseball, for sure in the NL. Uh, he did he threw 200 over 200 innings, 200 and two-thirds. Uh, 2018 is first year for us. 184 innings in 2019. And then, of course, you know, injured 2020 season, injured last year. So... I don't know. I mean, it seems like it seems like Marl, it seems like Ollie ha- really has been on. I'm I'm putting my the best lineup and the best pitchers out there for us to win th- that he thinks. So we've seen this with Quintana. We've seen it with Michaels when he can't go deep. If he don't think the guys have got it, he's taking them out. Right. And bringing Pilate or bringing it with with Quintana, they piggyback ticks. And I've actually liked that a lot lately. Now, now this weekend, Quintana was fantastic. And so you Hicks let him go eight on the IL, right? No. Hicks has hit the IL, and I've seen a lot of Twitter chatter of kind of uh, they were talking about it today on BK. It seemed like they think there's there's some gamesmanship of we think you've turned a corner. We're going to give you some time, like ten days. We're going to give you ten days off because we think you're good. Because it seemed like they were saying they just it seemed like they kind of just threw in oh, and he's had you know neck stiffness, like right. <laughs> I think it was uh I forget the young kid's name they've got on on BK and Ferrario. Um he just had to do one of those Tanner. Tanner, yeah. I think he he was saying he said, Yeah, he said that kind of sounded like uh Jordan Hicks woke up, you know, that morning and was like, Yeah, my neck's kind of stiff. Oh, oh, that's an aisle. We're just gonna throw <laughs> an aisle for a little bit. So I don't know if that makes sense. I mean the arm fatigue is a little bit worrisome because it was I think it said arm fatigue and neck stiffness. So Hopefully he's okay because he was turning a corner, man. He, he has looked fantastic the last he's two He's been three the weeks. bright spot of the pitching yeah. staff in general. And could be a real, weeks. I mean, along with Helsley, could be a really big weapon for you in the playoffs, especially if a guy can only give you four or five innings uh, like, like Quintana had been doing or like Michaelis has done a few times. You could bring Jordan Hicks in and give you an inning or two and blow people away to bridge that gap. And I hope he's back by the playoffs. I think there's a way better chance of him being back in time than Tyler O'Neill. Uh, but the outfield's in trouble, man. Offensively, that that's where we're hurting right now. And um, rotation-wise, it just it hasn't been as consistent. Not terrible. And I think again, I think the offense has been so bad that it's magnifying your starters not doing as well. I mean, I'm sitting here saying, "Oh, Montgomery did all right, five and two thirds, three three runs or less." I mean, that's almost a quality start. 
you know, Wayno's been giving you five or six, three runs or less. Michael is there. He hadn't been as good lately, but that should be good enough to win some games. But it just hasn't been because the offense has been giving you absolutely nothing. So I hope, I'm hoping this really has just been like the offense is like, ah, these are bad teams. We're not really into it. Um, we're going to you know get it together. We'll go out on the West Coast. But I, it just doesn't seem like that's any of these these guys' personalities. That's not Arenado's personality. When Albert hit that home run Saturday late to tie the game, 698, uh, Arenado was on second, and it was like pumping his fist, right. and Albert came home, and he was high-fiving him. Like, I don't think it's a matter like these guys don't want to win. Right. I, I, I think they very clearly want to win, and even for a little bit there, all he was saying, yeah, go for the two-seed. Why not? You know, at the time, we were four back of the Mets, but – I think that's out of reach now, but it just it, it alarms me because it's been against really bad pitching. Right. If we were facing the Max Scherzers and Jake Jake DeGroms and Zach Wheelers and Aaron Nolas or, you know, you Darvish on the Padres, who's been great for them, you know, the last two months, I would kind of say, all right, well, you know, we just ran into some tough pitching. But this has been really bad pitching. Well, the Reds I, have awful pitchers. Well, I think kind of what Dockett said about the Colts, and I think the Cardinals are historically Especially these way, last few years. You play up and down to your competition. I mean, I think that's the, you know, this, in a, the MLB it just season, doesn't make sense. There's the MLB, no way to explain it. The MLB season is very long, right? And I think that they, they, they know they got to get up for certain games, even though they don't want to admit that, that they, they get up for certain games. But when you're playing against Atlanta, you know, the Braves came to town, that was playoff atmosphere it was. baseball. And they stepped up. And they did. And so I would think... I say that I'm, I'm kind of contradicting myself in my own thought, but like whenever they have all these people in in the stands watching Pujols, you think there'd be more energy there and yeah. they'd be playing better because of it. But also they're still playing the Reds, so they they play down to that competition. I I just don't get it at all. But that's what, like my only real thought on it. It's like they're playing down, and whenever they play against good good teams this week, then all of a sudden they're going to pick it up again. I hope so. Yesterday, man, I mean, it, it, no one was working counts, even Brendan Donovan. But he, he first pitched swinging. It, it, it looked like guys were like, let's just get this game over with, get on the plane, get to look, San Diego. I'm not saying I know anything <laughs> about hitting, which I do a little bit. I tell my almost two-year-old, keep your hands above the barrel as he's swinging off that tee. Like, above the barrel, kid. My wife's like, he has no idea what you're talking about. I was like, <laughs> he's going to at some point. Anyways, you know, why, if in, even in my softball league or, you know, you know, playing baseball as a kid, like someone said, would say, hey, you need to take better bats. Take more pitches let's run deep counts. Like these are things that were said from guy to guy, from coach to coach to players and from people in the dugout. Like, isn't that like Jeff Albert's job to be a part of that? Isn't that like, I mean, you can't, I guess you you can't say that he's not doing that, but you can't see these guys and think, yeah, they're, they're grinding out at bats. That's the whole slogan of the damn year is talking about grinding out at bats. And then they're, they're swinging at every pitch. And it doesn't make sense to me. Like, like the Red Sox, they're at home. Let's get this game over with quickly. Like one of those games was fast. I don't remember which game it was. Probably the Thursday one. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was the one I was at. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was like I don't even think it was three hours. Yeah, and then maybe like uh, we're at home. We we want to go out tonight. I you know like, I want to see my family. Like I don't know. If, it, it, it is a long season. Maybe that's part of what it is. And maybe this but off day today is, is very like, helpful. If this was June, yeah, but we're up July. Games. I get it, man. But it, it's September. Yeah, you know I mean, this time last year, what we was were happening? riding a 17-game win. What happened in September last year? 
Well, they had to. They, they had, had to play to like it. that to get in. Their backs were against backs the wall. Against wall. So what happened whenever the Cardinals started playing really well this year? They were trailing yeah, four more, games. They were four, four games, games back out. from the Brewers. That's true. So like they they play better when they have to. So that's what it makes you think. I think this week, hopefully, we're seeing them turn a corner. Of like this is who we're playing in the playoffs. We may very well see the Padres in the playoffs, and hopefully, we get to see the Dodgers in the playoffs. Yeah, that means we've we've gone deep. Right. So these are two series that are we need to figure it out right here. We need to show them what we're going to be able to do, and we need to understand what their pitching is going to do. We need yeah. to understand defensive placements. We need to get ready for possibility of playing these two teams. And now, you're going to be tested because tomorrow you've got Clevenger, who's arguably Padres' worst starter this year. He's only 5-7, and 4-4-7 ERA. But then you've got Blake Snell. He'll be in their playoff rotation. Absolutely. 7-9, and nine, but he's got a 3-8-5 ERA. That's a lefty. Uh, then you've got Joe Musgrove, who probably would start game one for them. Yeah. I mean, he's been their ace. He's only 10-7, and seven, but he's got a 316 ERA. And through through the no-hitter form a year or two The only no-hitter in Padres yeah. history last year. You Darvish, been great for them. Now, you're he, not gonna, are we going to see not, him? We're not going to okay. see him. So we'll, Mus- he's been hot lately, too. So. Yeah, Musgrove and Snell we will see, uh, but you would see Darvish, you know, you would see him in the playoffs for sure. Right. Uh, and then, you know, L.A. doesn't get any – it's not going to get any easier. Uh, I haven't looked yet to be able to tell all of these are TBT, TBD right now, but – my guess would be that we might face Urias, who's got a freaking ERA under three. That kid's been fantastic for them. Most of the Dodgers starters somehow right. have ERAs under three. Um, we haven't talked a lot about it right now, but the Brewers, they're down seven to two in the I was, eighth. I was hoping it would end while we're talking. So Yeah, <laughs> so um, did you see? I, I was just looking here and saw some Twitter chatter. Uh, Max Scherzer got taken out on 69 pitches after the sixth inning with a perfect game. Interesting. I well, you know, we've been we've had the game on, so I did not notice. That I just saw it. Yeah, I saw it on my app. Six innings, sixty nine pitches, nine Ks, perfect game. The only reason I can think that they did that because I think this is his first start back from his whatever injury he had, right? Yeah. So, pit, so he was on a pitch count. Probably that had to be the only reason, right? Because I mean, that's <laughs> I'm wow. kind of surprised. Welcome even, back from the IL. Even he would have let you take him out. Wow. With a perfect game, he was just tearing the Brewers up. So and the, and the Braves. One tonight as well. Yep. Uh, so the Braves beat the Nationals five to two. So not um, looking like we're going to catch those two, yeah, which the, it, which it was a long shot to begin with. So absolutely long shot. And I and I still actually I believe the Braves will it will win that division actually. Um, They're half a game back now, but uh, obviously they'll you know Mets yeah. hopefully wrap this one up. They'll still be one back. Uh, Mets win this. They'll have won their fifth in a row. Braves won their fourth in a row. Tonight. Yeah. So they're both playing again. It kind of goes back to when you have it's to start. Race when them. you have to start winning. And that's going to propel them. If if you told me that the Braves or the Mets win the World Series, I'm going to say, yeah, it makes sense because those guys are yeah. playing important games all the way to the very last game. When the Cardinals have won the World Series that we can think of, 11 and 6, they were not good teams that got hot, barely got into the playoffs, and took that run in September and early October and, October and turned it into actual winning games in, in the playoffs. Yeah. That's usually the teams that are winning. Now, I think they're trying to get, get away from that with the wild card setup. They want to make it more difficult. Yeah. They want to make it so the better teams win more likely at the end. I think that's the kind of the point of the, the wild yeah, card oh, especially setup. with the bye. Right. That's the but point. But we've never seen this before. It, the bye so could hurt. It could. Absolutely. I mean, it could. The Dodgers so. could come out super, super um, soft. Yeah. And if it's, I mean, if you're playing the Braves, or I, I think it's uh, would be Braves. The Dodgers, the Dodgers so would play the winner of Braves. Yeah, uh, right now would be Padres. Braves, Padres would play the Dodgers. 
if, uh, yes. if that's who would be set up now. So if you're telling me the Braves and the Mets are going back and forth to the very end of the season, and then they and then the they have to play and they're playing important games, the Braves then beat the Padres and the 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 Dodgers have been sitting. Yeah, I could see the Braves continuing to win. Yeah. And the Braves are it pretty darn good. Me. And the Dodgers are good too. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, they've won 100 games. Yeah. But like, it's going to be tough in the NL this year for the, for the playoffs. I mean, it's 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 going to be really tough after you get out of that first round because the Mets, just like you said, the Mets, the Braves, and the Dodgers. I could see any three of those winning the pennant. I mean, any three. It wouldn't surprise me. Right. I mean, the Braves were better than they were last year, and they won it all last year. Uh, right. And they did what last year? Got hot. Got hot at the end. against the they, wall. Yeah. That's that's the what has happened in the part in the and playoffs. We're, and we're not going to be in that boat. No, not. I mean, we shouldn't be. We're, we're not going to unless be unless we lose eight in a row this week. Unless we start figuring it out all of a sudden, too. Like I would rather. But you're three outs away from your magic number being seven. Right, but why not? You know, why not use the opportunity of what they? You know, I've really liked Ollie this year. I think that he's he's done a better job of playing matchups and doing the things that and he's Schilt, managed the veterans really well. He's done like things that has, he's refused that Schilt refused to do. Yeah, uh, Paul DeYoung especially. But what I didn't like was they asked him about the the Mets and catching the Mets, and he said we don't care. That was his that was his quote about it. We don't care. We're just going to play, uh, and if we're going to do what we do, and if they don't do what they're supposed to do, then we'll make it close. That's you know that to me doesn't scream. Let's go get this. Yeah, like you could still do it if you won. If you went on a hell of a win streak and they kept winning and losing at their normal clip, you would still catch them. Yeah. So like, I wish there was more put on that, so it gives them something to try and play for, like to get them up for it. But I think that they're just too comfortable at the moment, and I think uh, hopefully going to San Diego tomorrow. Well, they're there today, and um, going to San Diego and. And then going Dodgers, uh, to yeah. Dodgers in LA, that it should hopefully and those final two against the Brewers in Milwaukee. There's a gap. There's a day off between. Yep. So that's yeah. So there's a day off Monday, and then back to Milwaukee for two, and then another day off, and yep. then back home. So do you want final six are against the the Pirates? So you talk about right home, maybe in going in, playing, you know, high. I mean, by that point, you're going to know you're going to be setting off setting up the playoff rotation and all that. Uh, by that point, that by the by those last six Absolutely. games against the Pirates, so how hot are they going to be going into the playoffs? Yeah, you got. Do you even play some of those guys for fear of injury? You got to what, what, what if what if we look up next week at the start of the, the last six games against the Pirates, and Paul Goldschmidt still hasn't hit a home run this, or only has one home run this month, or whatever it is, and he's still hitting bad? Like, don't you think he should probably play? Absolutely, those, those six games. He needs yes to try to hit his way out of it. I think that. I think yes, you need to figure out what you're. Well, uh, yes, you need something. Uh, you gonna send him down to Memphis? I mean, what like? <laughs> or are you just gonna let the the young guys play? Which I mean, I, I if they're not gonna be part of the playoff roster, I don't know how that helps you a lot. Or if they're not gonna be starting, right? You know, so it, it's gonna be really interesting. But I am worried. I mean, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm yeah. more worried about the offense overall than anything else. But well, let's we'll talk. See how it goes. We'll, we'll talk about the. We're gonna handicap the next series and the next two series and say what we think is gonna happen. But what we didn't get to is Albert. Hitting 700. So he's at 698 now. Uh, you predicted last week that he would hit it on Sunday. I was really oh, was, hoping. Was that last week? Last show. I don't remember yeah. exactly when it was. I thought he was going to get it done this homestand. And I thought, and I said. And I still felt good about it after, what was it, Friday night that he had the big home run to tie the game late. And then had two games on Saturday yeah. available to do it. Um, and I said I, I thought it was going to happen on the West Coast. I th- said I thought I had one, one last week, like it happened. I see one this week. 
and then it's going to come down to either in Milwaukee or in St. Louis, I think. I think there's going to be a lot of tight butt cheeks, as they say, in uh, St. Louis if he hasn't hit 700 yet. And those three games left uh, with Pittsburgh, I think there's going to be... Like, right now, there's so much anxiety when Poulos comes to the plate. If he's sitting at 699 with six games to go in the season, oh, man. It, yeah. it's going to be anxiety And I know he said... I, I saw a great interview with him on MLB Network, uh, Harold Reynolds, you know, mm-hmm. he, and it was, a, it was an extended version of that. And he does seem at peace. He's like, look, like, I'm not... Yes, obviously it'd be great but to it get there. Nothing. I want, yeah, but he said I'm not I'm not sweating about that anymore. Yeah. You know, if if it happens like it'll happen and great. If it doesn't, it wasn't supposed to. That's all right. And, but I, but he, he but wants he, to do yeah, it. Yeah, he wants to do it. And he even said like you can feel the pressure of the fans. I mean, I was there those games. You're on your feet with your phone out every swing. I've never seen it like that. And it goes hush. It goes quiet. That, as that's, soon that's as the there's contact, part. there's. You know, and then it gets That's loud the for a second. Part is yeah. that the quietness. He hit that one. I don't remember what it was this past weekend. Uh, or he almost got a second one that Friday night. It was a few feet short later. Yeah, but he hit one last week. I don't remember what game it was, and the crowd groaned. But he hit like a a double in the gap, yeah. and it scored the go ahead run or yeah. something. And they groaned. <laughs> they were upset that he didn't hit a home run, but he just they just knocked in a double to yeah. maybe extend the lead or whatever it was. And it's like, yeah, you know, you're expecting so much from the guy, and he's still producing. Like, it's it's a weird thing that I've never really seen. Like, McGuire you can compare it to, but it's different. It's anxiety-filled. Yeah. It's, like, quiet. Oh, my God. What's going to happen? Who do you think feels more pressure in those at-bat situations right now? Aaron Judge or Albert Pujols? Probably Pujols. You would think. I think that... I mean, Aaron Judge is kind of just he's sitting... He's just swinging. He, but you know what? Aaron Judge is... He's playing with house money now. But there's also no record... I mean, they say an AL record, right? That's what they're saying is the well, AL record. Mar- I mean, he would be the home run king of the, the AL if AL. he gets more than 61. Right. But what does that mean? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, especially at this day and age now, I, you know, no steroids. I didn't think anyone would ever hit more than 61. No. In either the AL or the NL. No, but you know what? He, yeah, and he's. It's definitely he's, amazing. He's, and and he, he's hey, got a shot at the triple crown, he, too, he by does. the way. His batting he's, average. He's now one point away. In the batting average, um, but you know he is head and shoulders above everyone in the league in home runs. He's at what now? 59? Twenty more than Schwarber, I think. Thirty six ish for Schwarber. Schwarber something. Schwarber's like? at th- I think Schwarber's at thirty nine okay. now. Actually, but my point is, let's say maybe that's Alvarez. Fifty nine to thirty nine. He's that's a big difference. Yeah, in Huge home difference. runs. Twenty twenty plus or more. Yeah, right. So like yes, that is completely different, and I I just don't think there's I don't think he has any. Yeah, Schwarber is second in MLB with 39. Jordan Alvarez is 37. Right, which is crazy. So you have all these guys are thir- in their 30s and below, and Judge is 59, about to hit 60-ish. Like, yeah. that is he crazy. He two the other day against Milwaukee. Yeah, and that, that's crazy. And that, that's a huge difference. Um, but I just don't think he's – I don't think he's he bet on himself. And it paid and off, man. paying off more This has got to be the best bet on yourself Going into a free agent season, ever of yeah, a player, you know, I, ever. I hate to make statements like that for for hyperbole purposes, and I hate hyperbolic statements. But you know, I can't think of one now. No. I'm probably forgetting one. I'm probably not thinking of something specific that I yeah. obvious things. But like this dude said, no, nah, I'm a no thanks to that contract. A good, great money contract. It was like three, almost three hundred million, three three hundred million or something, yeah. right? And, uh, and he's thirty. Yeah. He's not. Super young, right? He's he's betting on himself, and he's going to look great in the Cardinals uniform next year. Dude, that would oh my gosh, 
Well, we need an outfielder. Look, all of a sudden, we're, we need outfielders. And, and look, and that's another thing with Judge, as big as he is, very underrated defensively. Yeah, dude's got center field at Dude's got size? a cannon. Are you kidding? He runs great routes. I mean, you're not going to see him making the same kind of diving athletic plays that like Harrison Bader I mean, makes. But he, he's really good defensively. Think about Judge, Carlson, and Jordan Walker playing the outfield. That's two Dude, that, big dudes. That would be awesome. That's some big dudes playing the I outfield. I mean, I think, I think that's even less likely to happen than us <laughs> trading for Shohei Otani, honestly. But either of those would be amazing. I think either of those are still possible. Oh, God. I would die if either of those happened. I I'd think be... Shohei is more possible than Judge. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... He's 27. And... But also, they're, they're selling... You know they're up for sale like that. That is more likely to happen in my eyes. But let's back to pools. Okay, well we can use, throw Judge in here too. I think I just to save. I I do think Albert's got more pressure for sure. Trying yeah. to get to seven hundred, especially at home. Judge is. I mean, he's just feeding off the hype of everybody. And again, at this point, he's like, I'm playing with house money. I already know I'm getting a huge contract. I'm a ten war player. I mean, that's the other thing. How many guys do you see hitting forty five, fifty plus, sixty home runs? Also average. leading in, in on base percentage yeah. and batting average and all that. Like we don't Definitely. see that, man. I mean, he's having a crazy season. But yeah, I do think I do think Albert's probably got to feel more pressure just just to want to get it done, mainly in front of the fans. And I are now they, I don't think they, it's going to happen. Are the Yankees fans going out like that, like go crazy like that? Are they like when like Albert when, when, is hitting home runs? I don't when, know when he hits them. Oh yeah, yeah I mean like if that. you watch the videos, they're going nuts. And I don't know if you saw now too. The average ticket price is like two hundred and fifty bucks for Yankees games now. Once he got to like fifty eight, okay, so or fifty seven, it's like skyrocketed. Yankees tickets are expensive markets. already. Yeah, it's nuts. Okay, so where do you where do you when do you think Albert hits seven hundred? Does he still hit seven hundred in your mind? God, I hope so. I mean, I I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say that it'll be a disappointment. I mean, it would be a bummer. I, I think he's already given us such an amazing season that I'm not, I'm not gonna call it a disappointment, right? Because that would that wouldn't be fair. This is the most fun I've had as a Cardinals fan, and, yeah, and ever I think ever in all my life because, like, obviously winning World Series, but that was an entire season yeah. of stuff. Like, you know, 2011 run with uh, Tordy Craig. I don't know if you follow if you're on Twitter, oh, yeah. and and um, all those uh, Mc, McLovin, the the glove of Mott's glove. All those like side stories and the the squirrel, the rally squirrel. I mean, I got the squirrel on the wall somewhere right here, right here on on my wall. You can't see it. Uh, squirrel, right there. The squirrel. I mean, like there were so many um, different things, you know, that just that were so awesome. But uh, yes, thanks for the comment. Yes, I accidentally put out Juan Yep has A before you instead of you A. Yes, <laughs> I did. I wanted to get it out there first. My bad, Tanner. Sorry, geez. Does he get it this week? I don't. So he's facing, he'll probably start tomorrow against Clevenger, and, and Clevenger's had his struggles this year. Blake Snell's a lefty. Start, he'll be starting against him Wednesday night. But Blake Snell, man. He's pretty good. Dude, he's had a, and he had a pretty bad season last year, his first year with the Padres when he got traded with them. This year, he's only thrown, he's only thrown 110 innings. So I don't know if he started off slow or maybe had an injury, but dude's got 146 strikeouts in 110 innings. He's only given up 10 home runs the entire year. Now I don't know his splits against him with right-handers, but that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one to hit a home run off of. And then you go to LA, and the only lefty, I mean, they got the two big lefties in their rotation are Kershaw and Urias. Urias has been lights out for them. 
he'll be in this he'll get Cy Young votes this year. That kid, uh Julio Urias, has been great for them. He's Absolutely. hard he's hard to hit home runs off of. Now if we faced Kershaw, I actually like Albert's chances with Kershaw. He hits breaking balls well. Kershaw doesn't throw as hard anymore. We for some reason always hit Kershaw well. I could see him maybe getting one there. I think I mean my hope is that he gets one. You gotta get one on this road trip somewhere. I think at he least will. you I, have to. I think that's wrong. And if he does, I think he'll get it done at home against against the Pirates in one of those games, I would hope. Um so yeah, long way of saying I think he gets seven hundred. I just don't know if it's gonna be at home now, which is a bummer. Yeah, not right. a disappointment, but it's a bummer. That it doesn't happen at home? Yeah, that's probably not gonna happen at home. Where where do you think it's happening? What spot? I think it's either going to happen in one of those two Milwaukee games, mm-hmm. d- depending on who we face. So are we going to travel to Milwaukee? Maybe they're Wait, both they're both so- night games in the middle of the week. Um, or or I think it could happen uh, probably more likely at the end of the season in Pittsburgh. Yes, in Pittsburgh. Okay, so I think. One happens this week, and the other one happens at home in the final series. At but home. when do you think? I just I don't see him hitting one. I, I don't see him hitting one bullpen. in either of these be Padres a bull, or be a bullpen. Maybe, yeah. You know, I mean, it's still bullpen maybe. opportunities. I mean, I mean, don't don't. I mean, he can get a cheapie too off a freaking player coming in and pitch too. If someone's getting blown out. Yeah. You know I mean, like I yeah. think I think he's gonna take it bats. I think he's gonna play every single day that he says he's available. Yeah. Like if he says I'm available today, he's going. He's pitching today. Like I mean, he's three, he's hitting today. Like if he's available, he's he's going. And I think Ollie's going to put him out there um, because we're eight games up, and I think that's what what's going to happen. So I think he finds one this week in San Diego or LL, LA. He played in LA last year, right? They're they're probably pulling for him a little bit too, right? Oh yeah. So like I think I think he's going to get some juice from that crowd, uh, late arriving crowd. So you. Know, Maybe in a, a <laughs> deeper into the game, but I think that he gets one, and I think the final one will That's come. Either thing, uh, these games are so late this week, man. Oh yeah, it's next uh, fr- the Friday game is at ten here Eastern time. Ten 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 Eastern. Yeah, and I think that's the Apple Podcast. Game. Nine nine forty, uh, our time Eastern, Eastern. Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, but I think it's a uh, Apple on oh, Friday. Yay. Yeah, um, so I think I think the last one comes either October. Well, that'd be a nightmare if we only get to hear Dan call it. October second, Danny Mac. Well, I think about the no hitter, um, from Bud Smith. Oh, yeah. I fell asleep. I was a child. I mean, I, that was like uh, I don't remember what year it was. Oh one. I was yeah. in high school. I do believe I had to get go to school. I, I fell asleep during the Bud Smith no hitter. Mm. So like I think about like those some of those late those late games. The Tatis two home runs, two um, grand slams in the same game oh, yeah. happened in L.A. at a night game late night. I I saw the first Grand Slam, didn't see the second one. Like that's those are the things that I think it's of. Hard to so guess what late. happens in LA in the West Coast? Big Cardinals moments. While we're sleeping. I just talked you into it. It wouldn't surprise I mean nothing, <laughs> nothing's gonna surprise me at this point. I do hope that is not that Apple TV game Friday. Because oh. I want to hear Dan. I mean, oh. I, I would think that, that KMOX KM would be smart enough to put him on the radio broadcast. He's, he's doing that for the playoffs. Yeah. So Dan will be on the KMOX broadcast That's for the awesome. playoffs. I love that. That's so great. I assume Dan will be preparing, and he will join them at any time there's a national game the rest of the way. So I wonder if that bumps, like, uh, Rick Horton or, or they just run three of them three out man. there. It's a three-man. Okay. He's done it a couple times this year that for practice. Yeah, I heard it's those. Been, been it's good. been a three-man um, setup. Because I one game I was driving see, even and I had it on. I was like, who is that? Wait, wait, that's Dan. Even but, yeah. that's still a little bit of a bummer if it happens Friday. 
Absolutely. Because like I love hearing Danny Max call, and then I like hearing what John Rooney did too. Yeah. You know? And well, we might some, not get that. If someone said, what happens, you know, because they rotate, you know. Um, so it could be Danny Mike. Ricky Horton. What if it were well, Claiborne? He's been on the on the radio the last week. Uh, Ricky hasn't been there. So what if no. Mike Claiborne is the one giving that call? <laughs> let's let's hope Danny Max on, on the TV All call. right, so you talked about disappointment. So we went to the 15th game of the 17-game win streak last year. Is that accurate? For the record, yeah. Yeah, for the record. To break the record in Chicago. We drove up because they're going to break this record. Yep. So if they lost that game, it would have been disappointment. Right? Oh, yeah. For to going. Get, to get that far and not break it. To, record, but to yeah. make the trip. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So then I think Albert has 699, and we go to Milwaukee. Us. Drive to Milwaukee. Disappointment if he doesn't get it. I mean, That's... I went to two games this week <laughs> and drove, the, I mean, same same distance in terms of, you know, it's about four hours uh-huh. from St. You know, from here to St. Louis, as well as from here to Milwaukee, yeah, it was a bummer. Yeah, uh, that's I all think, you cared about, right? Because I mean, yeah, you, you that's what we wanted to see. What else was going to happen? They're going to lower their magic number a couple more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what we wanted to see. So yes, and even more so if we went to to uh, Pittsburgh, that's nearly a seven hour drive or whatever it is, and it's the last <laughs> series of the season. There's and no, there's no more. And it's going to be cold, and it might be rainy. There's no more possibilities there either no yeah but you've been to neither of the ball, those ballparks or bo- uh... i've been to milwaukee okay we went opening day 2019 okay in, it was in milwaukee it was march 28th or whatever it was uh i think it was 28 with wind chill as oh. we were walking into the ballpark in oh. milwaukee <laughs> and then we got in there and it felt great i i enjoyed the park i thought the fans were awesome they were super engaging i don't love their parks but... several fans around me as many times as happened to me as well at bush asked me if i was related to paul de young at this point i just say sure and now i say no <laughs> <laughs> or i say i'm i'm actually the better hitting cousin <laughs> well yeah um, but yeah i liked i liked milwaukee's park i thought it was cool and i liked the, i liked that i like going to an away game like that knowing you're not going to deal with a rain out that is nice. Sure, when sure. Got as a traveling too, and I don't yes. like their ballpark. It was, it was a very strange place to watch a game. I felt like in a barn, you know that sort of thing. Uh, I don't. I don't like places that have parking lots forever around, forever and ever around the stadium. The walk was long yeah, from their parking like, lot to the stadium. I don't like that. Um, I don't like that for any park. I personally, and this may be my bias. I don't. I think that the NL Central might have the worst stadiums in all of baseball. Total, like uh, combi- combined. Yeah. Now, I think the Cardinals is top five, a park. In baseball, well, you know, I take that back. Would Pittsburgh, you, t- would you put and- Wrigley up there in terms yes. of like the experience and everything? I, I thought Wrigley was cool. I no, I put Wrigley as not great. I mean, I thought it was a, oh. a minor league ballpark feel, like oh yeah, minor league ballpark type of field. I was not. I don't like. I judge ballparks very strangely. As well, I have a criteria, but the inability to walk around the entire park on the, from the inside, I think, is dumb. Oh so yeah, you can't do that yeah. unless you have a bleacher ticket. You can't walk. The rest of the way. If you have a regular ticket like we did, we can't walk through the bleachers. Yeah, you can't that is, do that. That is crazy. I don't like. I want to be able to walk around the entire park on the outside, and I want to walk around the entire park on the inside, and I want right, whatever. But I think that Wrigley, Great American, and and Milwaukee are towards the bottom third of parks. Um, obviously, but I think PNC is top five. That's the one I haven't been to. PNC and Bush, I think, are both top five. PNC, I think, is top. Two or three. Yeah, uh, I haven't been to Petco. In, I mean, it looks awesome on TV. I, yeah, I haven't been to Petco, and, and um, that is another one I want to see to compare uh, for Pittsburgh. But yeah, well, all right. 
Let's do some quick predictions to wrap up because we're at well, an I'm, hour and I'm 30. I'm also trying to put this Brewers game to end as well. But go oh, ahead. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, it's two outs. Well, I'm just waiting for it to end and be like, hey, the magic number's dropped. But anyways. They're down to the last strike in what Milwaukee. What just happened? And then the TV just shut off? Oh, okay. There it goes. All right. Go ahead. Make. Oh, uh, let's see. Okay. So we've got three, eight games. I guess that's going into next Wednesday. So we'll just do this road trip. Yes, um, just, just the six games. Oh, just the six games. Just the Padres six. and Dodgers. Yeah, because Dodgers. We're, we'll probably go on again next Monday. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say three and three. I'm gonna say 500 ball this week. I think I, I think I'd be happy with that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say three and three. So the Padres, but that, have... but that would also mean you're losing one of these series, right? If I go three and three, so I, so I'm gonna say we're losing the 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 Dodgers series. And the Dodgers aren't planning for anything either, though, right? No. So, you yeah. know, I mean, that's a part of my, the the, pro, the thought process as well. Wouldn't surprise me either lost. if we went four and two. The Brewers have lost. The Cardinals' magic number has fallen to seven. And the Mets have clinched their first playoff berth since 2016. So, How good about for that? them. So, let's, uh, I'll tweet this out for the world live. Mets. Magic yeah. number is now Matt Holiday. Uh, see, what do you, so uh, Matt Holiday. JD I, Drew. I don't know anyone else off the top JD of my head. JD Drew is seven. Come on. Um, um, I should know that. And then uh, Ducky Medwick, uh, Joe Medwick, uh, the last guy to hit for the uh, Triple Crown. Those were the three that I had gotten down to. JD Drew, I didn't have very many good pictures, so you were right. I'm going with Matt Holiday. Mets have beaten the Brewers. Go ahead and talk about your uh, what you think they're going to do. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say three and three. I'm going to say they win the Padres series. Uh, lose the Dodgers series. But to your point, if the Dodgers aren't playing for much, if they're setting up their, their rotation, if they're, you know, resting some guys, wouldn't surprise me if we go four and two. I don't think you're going to see better than four and two this week. I think that's going to be like the peak. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think two, two ways I'm thinking about it. The Padres have not played well in the last month. They've won their last four now, but three. But now they're playing better because all of a sudden their backs are against the wall. Yep. Um they have a lot to play for. They've play, they've won their three their last three. They are a half game up on the Phillies. Yep. Um and they're two and a half games up now on the Brewers. So like, you know, they're not secured by any stretch, but they're, you know, they have a decent lead for the last spot. So they they've got the two the number two wild card seed right currently right now, which is technically the fifth seed, right? Yes. So they would play Atlanta. They'd play Atlanta right now. In the first, oh, okay. So first so round. four and five play each other, and then, then they six would then six and three would be us. Yes. So then the winner of that then plays the top seed Dodgers. The winner of us? No, Atlanta. San Diego, because we would be the, we would be the other division winner, so we would not have oh, to go right. against the top seed. That's so, right. So it'd be Atlanta, San Diego, currently as of right now. Atlanta, so wait, so the winner of our series versus you know our first round, we would we would we play go, the Mets, wouldn't correct. we? Right now, okay, correct. Yeah. So I think. Um, so I wonder who the Padres would rather play. Would you rather play the Mets or the Braves? Uh, probably a toss-up. Toss up. Yeah, I, you <laughs> know, it so depends good. on who's healthy uh, for pitching for, I mean, for the Mets. Um, but I think, so what I think is best-case scenario for the Cardinals this week is is 4-2. and two. They 2-3 two and three of each, right? I think it's possible based on the Dodgers not playing for anything. They're at yeah. 101 wins. You're not facing Darvish. 
You're not facing Darvish either. Um, but I think three and three is more likely. Yeah. But I you mean, know what? But what happens? That's how they've been playing. If they go two and four, I'm not shocked either. No. <laughs> not with how the offense has been. It, right. It, if the offense continues how it's been, I'm I could easily see two and four. Yes. Easily. And then I think you get a pool of home run in that too. I'm, I hope so. I think you do. I think you get a Pujols home run in that in that run, um, and then I think you go three and three, and you you lose the series. Probably if you lose the series, it should probably be against the Padres, yeah, because they're hot. They're they're backs they're, against the wall. Got a lot to play for. Because I, I could see I could see the Dodgers pulling their starters earlier than normal. Oh, starting pitchers? Oh, yes. yeah, absolutely. With as many injuries as they've had too with their right. rotation, absolutely. So that's that's, that's going to be happening. That's you're not you're going to see Clayton Kershaw pitching seven, eight, nine innings. Right, and so you might see some different bullpen guys that you're yeah. that you're not going to see in the playoffs. Yeah, that's what that's they, a good point. I mean, yeah, I I think also the big takeaway or the big thing I'm going to be looking for this week is uh, Arnott on Goldschmidt, specifically Goldschmidt, to see how he does this week. I don't know if you you noticed yesterday, uh, Ollie pulled the whole. Uh, Goldschmidt was off yesterday. Did you notice that? Sorry, I misspelled Brewers. I'm sure Tanner. <laughs> it's I, like all over uh, right Tanner, now. Tanner's probably all over me right now on Twitter. I, I, <laughs> I was doing it on air. Everyone, did you see me? I did it. Right We're just trying to get it I'm out, trying to guys. Get that. Beating the Brews. B R E W E S. The Brews. The Brews. Just put some the Brews with a bunch of L's by yeah, it. The Brews. Sorry, Bruce Tanner, if you're L's. still listening and watching. We appreciate it, uh, but. But yeah, I'm gonna be sorry. Go ahead. Big, what did you? The big thing the I'm gonna be watching this week is Arnauto and Goldschmidt, specifically yes. Goldschmidt. Yes, he was off. All he gave him the day off again yesterday, yes. which gives him the day off. He gave him the two days off thing again. Didn't work too well. No, early it did this not work week. last time. Uh, and especially them two having they've they've seen the Padres and the Dodgers a lot As, in their careers. Yes, they've hit them pretty well. So I'm going to be interested to see how they do this week, and um, hopefully it's a good bounce-back week for Goldschmidt because we've been waiting for about three weeks Well, now. you know, he hit that two doubles. He had two strikeouts and two doubles in that yeah. one game, and I thought, and ah. A, I thought, all right, here it is. Two doubles? That's what you want to see? Yeah. Like, I want to. I don't care about the home runs. Like, obviously, chicks love the double. You want to see him hit pitches hard that he should yes. be, that are right there down the he middle. Hitting he, pitches, he did that. Once you see balls in the gap, then they start leaving the yard thereafter. So I saw those two doubles. I'm like, all right, you know, we're, that, was we're, that Friday? Yes, I think so. Or the first game of Saturday, one of the two. Yeah. Either way, I was like, all right. Yeah, second game at doubleheader. I was traveling all weekend, so I didn't get to really see Golden everything. Sombrero. I only got to watch highlights as I was traveling everywhere. Five hours from here down to Paducah, Kentucky, which I thought whenever you said you need someone to go with the game, I thought, oh, maybe St. Louis is. A lot closer. It's not because <laughs> no. we were in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. <laughs> it wasn't. It was three hours away. Still, it was not any better. But so um, I forgot what I was saying. But you know what? That's about all I got. Yeah, it was a rough. It, it was a rough game. For, I mean, Hunter Green was striking out everybody that game. Yeah, but, Hunter Green was great. Oh, so. that reminds me. So Hunter Green got a jersey from Yachty. Oh, I saw that. Wayno and Pujols. Wayno's and Pujols's inscriptions on them were awesome. Like. Collector fans would yeah. kill for those jerseys. Yachty just signed Yachty or Molina. Um, you know who I am. Yeah, yeah. you know who I am. Um, but also, I want to. I want to. One last thing, and then we'll we'll get out of here. Um, Pujols. I'm trying to pull it up on my Twitter. Uh, Pujols. Here it is. Um, Cuban-born red shortstop. I'm gonna uh, Jose Barrio reached out to Pujols, and they had a chance to talk, hitting outside the Cardinals clubhouse. Pujols gifted him one of his bats. 
And that this is this uh, according to Marley Rivera, uh, Rivera. Uh, this is something that Pujols does constantly with Latino players. It just oh, happened. Yeah, I, to, I just happened to wa- witness it that day. It is a Pujols game used. I mean, there's pine tar all over it. I don't think you can be able to see it. There's pine tar all over this bat, and there is a book written on it. I mean, this thing has just words all over this bat, like awesome. And his picture with him outside the clubhouse and pools. Um, also, I think I I can look at the comments. Um, I think they said President of the Dominican Republic, Leona, Lionel Fernandez, was at the game. He was a special guest. As a special guest, Albert threw out the first pitch, which I'm sure you don't see very often, right? Albert Pujols oh, throwing out no, the no, first no. pitch. You see Packy Naughton and yeah. Deluzio. Albert appeared to have invited two Reds players to meet Fernan- meet Mr. Fernandez, the DR um, president. And they all took photos with him on the field. They seemed so excited. What a guy. So Albert like knew that this was going to be important to these guys. This guy was there. Albert was involved, and he invited those two guys at the Reds game as well, um, well those other players. He And this person said, uh, this is Lisa, one of our followers. Uh, Loch Ness is her uh, app. But can only assume that the two Reds are also Dominican. They didn't, didn't get, she didn't get a chance to see their numbers. She just was able to see uh, what happened. So really cool. Awesome. I and I and I He's a class act. I and that's what I tweeted. So much class and leadership from this man being Albert Pujols. The young guys are so lucky to be with him every day. And we as fans are lucky from afar. We don't we're we feel like we're a lot more in it than we really are. Yeah. And, we're, and we're really not. Um but there's fourteen games left of Albert Pujols regular season career with the Cardinals. And it's this year has been a dream and I just Yeah, the Jenna Fisher narrated video had me tearing up today. Oh man. man. Just gotta get now. You want to get Jenna on the show? We got to. That would be awesome. And then she's a huge Cardinals absolutely. fan. Absolutely. And then John Hamm too, right? Yeah. Andy Cohen. Who else you got? That'd be fantastic. Get all the, uh, Nelly next. We start tweeting at Jenna Fisher now. <laughs> <laughs> That'd uh, be awesome. Yeah, Jenna, if you're watching, obviously you are. Come on the show. Yeah. We'll we'll have you on. We can talk the office too. <laughs> I can't. I, I've oh. seen I've seen plenty of it. I just, oh, I'm, I'm just love not, the not a diehard. She would be upset with. I've me. seen it way too many. If times. If you're watching, yes, I watched every episode. and I loved every bit of it. All right. Well, that's well, a, that's, that's it. about it for us. Yeah. That's it from that's winter podcast. Well, appreciate the guest tonight, uh, Dan Dockage. Fantastic. That was an hour plus ago, but we really appreciate him coming on with us. He was great. He's funny. Uh, we really appreciate it. Hopefully, he gets uh, Benetti to come on our show. Uh, yeah. Boo Shambi. Hopefully, he can come. Even though they're Chicago guys. Hopefully they can uh, they come on and but Dan was a, a treat. Really appreciate him coming on and spending time with us. Uh, I'm gonna send him my address so I can get him added to the wall. So, yeah, he added. sounds like he would do it. Yeah, absolutely, I get him added with the to the wall. But uh, and then also breaking tea once again breakingtea.com/slash that's a winner pod for all of your uh, Cardinals wear um, or even any of your other teams. But anything yeah. grind that pepper, Tommy two bags. Hopefully Tommy has a great rest of the year as well. Anything else? That's all I got for me, man. Let's get. Albert 700. Make it happen. Let's get Albert to 700, and uh, maybe we'll see you in Milwaukee, or maybe we'll see you somewhere soon. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I hope it happens before then. The anxiety (laughs) of that. All right. Well, that's it for that's Winter Podcast. I'm Ryan Jenkins. That's Josh Brown. Appreciate you. Wow. Did you like like that? Did you like that? Oh, that was awesome. That was great. How about this one? (laughs) Shooter from the belt to the plate. A swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! 
Smith parks one in the right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. It's a home run. And the Cardinals have won the game by the score of three to two. And a home run by the Wizard. Go crazy. Swinging a long one in the left field. Adios. Goodbye. And maybe that's the winner. A three-run homer by Clark. And the Cardinals lead by the score of 7-5. to five, And they may go to the World Series on that one, folks. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011.